Okay, so I've just got some some things I've got. If if I had met Corbin and I had met Fran, these are some descriptions of their voices that I quickly wrote. <laughs> um, you know how when I met Laika, I was like, your voice is like a crystal glass brimming oh, yeah, over. The- right. Yeah. So what I had, I, this is just for me. This is just for me to. This isn't for you. This is just for me to like help myself get into character. Hey, this is just for Hannah. This is about me. All right. I'm. I'm sorry. I was making it all about me, and I'll yeah, stop. Can you just stop? So this is the one for Fran, and uh, here we go. Your voice beeth as sweet as a chorus of thousands of nectar-bedewed wasps drowning in a vast pool of acid. That's really nice of you. Your voice is actually a little bit grating. <laughs> Please describe Corbin's voice for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Corbin's voice. Um, your voice is like an exquisite metal rasp being drawn gently across the surface of a crystal chandelier. Thank you very much. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, anyway. Anyway, let's play some D&D. Delete all your music, Noelle. I already have. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I am Kat. I'm your DM. Hi, I'm Noelle, and I play Fran. Hello, I'm Sophia, and I'm a teenage boy, and Kat has kissed me, and I play Laika. They're sharing a mic. It was very romantic. (laughs) It's like sharing a plate of spaghetti when you're two dogs. (laughs) Hi, I'm Caitlin, and... I also once shared a mic with Sophia, and <laughs> Who I do just kind of feel betrayed. I'm getting there. I'd like to express <laughs> my feelings first. <laughs> just feel a little upset. No one cares um, about your feelings. Introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I guess I'll just say who I play. I play Corbin. I care about your feelings. Thank you, Hannah. And I'm Hannah. I'm uh, returning as Professor Shaw, um, an elven linguist from the University of Madria. So, uh, last time, Laika, you woke up in a market and uh, you talked to some camels. The camels were deeply unhelpful. However, they did sort of, kind of, point you towards some food. And uh, in the food tent, you met Shaw, a linguistics professor from the University of Madria, who, from his studies, speaks the same form of common that is spoken on Estra, which you have found out is ancient common. Uh, meanwhile, Fran and Corbin, you have arrived at that same market and, with some help, uh, sold that giant jawbone from the boulette and made some money. You... Then witnessed a disagreement between the orcs uh, about selling the Estrin books. And then Corbin, you had a very delightful meeting with Vioni. And she told you that Torva is tracking the goddess's divinity and that she will give you a cloak to disguise her from him. If you get her shape-shifting vessel back from Torva's lair in the mountains. And then Corbin was dropped off in the middle of the market by a creepy little girl and was very upset, so he started doing his horrible crow calls in a panic. And when Laika <laughs> and Fran both came running, you found each other again. Yay! We did it! Um, and I confirmed that Laika is Laika by using our incredible code word system. And Laika and, and Corbin are just, like, lying in a pile, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so as soon as Fran hears the word barf, she runs and jumps on the dog pile <laughs> and also starts crying. The the goddess also like gets Zarun to sort of get in close enough. She, she just throws herself off of Zarun and onto this dog pile of you guys. Like she is so happy. 
Sha. to see everybody. Sha, how are you reacting? <laughs> I'm watching this and I'm just bewildered and mildly amused and very curious about Corbin's crow dialect. <laughs> By the way, when the goddess jumps in our little pile, Fran scoots away from her. Oh. What's up with that? So as you guys sort of untangle yourselves, the goddess, she tries again to stand and she's a little more successful, but she still leans on Zarun for support and begins signing because suddenly she has people who can understand her again. She says, where, where have you gone? What happened? Where have you been? Are you okay? And she's really rapidly signing to you, to Corbin and Fran. I say, uh, I've got a secret. Fran's got a secret. We've all got secrets. I have a secret. And I look at Shah. Like, like that's my secret. Like has got a secret. I, I'm going to tell my secret and then you guys can share your secret. But I made a friend who can <laughs> understand me. It's a pretty good one. Verily, tis so. Oh, wow. This is Shah. And he's a really cool dude. And he knows about the world below. And we got to use him as a resource. And he's going to teach us how to speak the language. Right, my dude? Sure. I mean, why not, right? I, I mean, provided that you'll tell me more about your fascinating origins. I mean, in one day alone, I've met a, a wingless tiefling, a, a half gin, and a dirty boy. <laughs> incredible. Um, I say, uh, okay, Corbin, you want to explain what happened to us? Leica, can I talk to you for a second? Uh, yeah, let's just step over here. Who am I explaining things to? Corbin, I'm just going to talk to Fran for a second. Can you uh, get to know our friend Shaw and or explain what happened to our friend Mary over here? You know our friend Mary. Do you remember Mary? Just the human? The human? And I am like <laughs> holding up. I punch you in the face. <laughs> My friend is drunk. <laughs> you need to sober up, Corbin. I this is Mary. I start crying. <laughs> I fall down, I clutch my face, and I start moaning, and I'm rolling around in the sand. I say, that's just a joke between friends to shot, and then I walk away to talk to Fran. <laughs> I, I ask Corbin, is is this a traditional greeting among your people, then? Is my nose bleeding? <laughs> yes. Oh! <laughs> the goddess, she goes over to you, Corbin, and she... Heals you for four points of damage. Thanks. Did you, you use magic? Roll, yeah, you better roll perception. Yeah, yeah. actually, Shaw, roll, roll perception. All right. 17. Okay, yeah, you see that. You see that happen. Hey, what? <laughs> Your friend Mary, I... Did she... Her name is the goddess. Oh, my God. She's sort of motioning, oh. like, no, 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 it's it's not... Never mind. No, her name is, uh, Barry. I thought it was Mary. <laughs> yes, that's it. The goddess puts her face in her hands. Yes, so anyways. She signs to you, Corbin, like, what? Why is he reacting like that? I don't know. He seems weird. And then I wink at her, like, I'm going to tell her later. Uh, she gives you a, a look. She does not. Magic doesn't exist here. Uh, okay. <laughs> she raises her eyebrows, like, and then her mouth makes an O, and then she just closes her mouth and folds her hands in front of her. All right. What was your name? My name is Shaw. All right, I put a hand on Shaw's shoulder and I say, Buddy, I've got some news for you. All right, I, I am listening. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> well, not you, I am. A, a wizard? Actually, friends, the wizard. I'm just a druid. <laughs> but it's all real. Art thou fucking with me? Uh... That seems highly inappropriate for you to ask me. Good lord, child. I meant in the sense of dost thou jest. <laughs> oh, then no. Here, follow me. I beckon. I beckon for him to, like, follow me into a secluded, like, area. Like a like a back alley. <laughs> uh, and the goddess stays where she is with Zarun and Jinji. Okay. I'm, I'm following you. All right, I turn into a bird. <laughs> 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 I turned into a crow specifically. Zero tact. <laughs> I cannot believe that we are not there to stop any of this. this was you guys, you, you left, left me alone. <laughs> we should have known this would happen. Yeah. So you are a blessed one. I turned back into a man or a boy. I'm a god. 
There is so much of your island which I do not know. How many people like you are there? Yeah, basically everybody was a god almost. And and now all of the people who fell from thine island are just wandering about in, in the desert here? Well, I sure hope so, but I fear some of them may have perished. Well, fuck. <laughs> you need to lie down. No, I'll be fine. It's just a lot to take in, you know. Yeah. Um, This Mary with whom you traveled then, you called her the goddess. And you, you're from the island in the sky. This goddess, is she called Kai then? Uh, her name's Mary, I guess. There was, there was a goddess called Kai once. In our legends, she retreated to Estra, but very, very little was known about her. Well, there are many goddesses on Estra. Basically, <laughs> all of them that are female identifying are goddesses, you could say. Everybody. An entire floating island of goddesses. Yes. And gods and whatever the non-binary term for holy entities. Deities. Deity, thank you. No problem. But <laughs> if your floating home is entirely populated by gods and goddesses and deities, how is it that it came to fall down here? Oh, yes, isn't that the question of the day? <laughs> well, yes. Yes, it is the question. Yes, well... Tis verily the question. <laughs> Tis verily... Yes, well, I will have to... You know, let me... This reminds me. I have some very important information to discuss with my cohorts. And then I leave. <laughs> I am standing in the alleyway. <laughs> Are you gonna follow? Uh, I, yeah, I guess I will. Okay, so, uh, uh, Fran and Laika, what have you guys gone off to talk about? So, I say... Uh, what are you still doing with her? What are you talking about? I mean, our whole life was a lie. Astra was a ruse. You're hanging out with the Lord of the Underworld, so to speak. Overworld. The goddess? You're saying the goddess is Lord of the Underworld? Well, not literally. What are you talking about? It's not her fault that Estra fell. It's not her fault. Yeah, it's not her fault that Estra fell, but it might be her fault that Estra was raised. We don't know that. She doesn't have the memories of her past life, so until we can figure out what really happened and what's going on with Torva, it's still our duty to protect her. Well, that's, that's what she says. Well, that's what I was trained to do. That's what you are trained to do, too. This is all we have left. I'm 16 or 17. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going on what's familiar. For all I knew, I, th I thought you both were dead. You are the only friends I have, besides my giant grandpa and, <laughs> and Gingy. And I feel like we've become friends too, but we don't know anything about the goddess. Everything that we were told was true, including that we had to be her guardians and we had no other choice, hasn't turned out to be true. So how do we know that she doesn't remember? How do we know that she's not just playing us all for fools? Well, we don't know enough at this point to write her off completely. I want to make sure she's protected until we can figure this out, but I think we have to do that together. I trust you. I trust you and Corbin completely, but I need to put together what exactly has happened to Estra. We saw that red light and the island exploded and fell apart. What do you think happened? I don't know what to think about that, but at this point, the world below isn't any worse for me than Estra ever was. There's water, by the way, like a lot of it. What? Yeah. <laughs> what I are you talking about? There's no water here. I just found this oasis. No, there's an ocean. I almost drowned. And it what? Yeah. <laughs> Which way is it? Uh, it's I what I You have no you, I'm sorry. I don't remember. I I Um, I grab like by the shoulders <laughs> and attempt to shake her, but I'm much weaker than she is. <laughs> Listen, if it really comes down to it, I'm sure we can find our way back with Jinji and Zarun. They're able to smell their way back. I've read about oceans. And that's one of the things that I thought I would never get to see because this none of this is supposed to be here. I know. I don't understand it either, but 
right now, we have to gather what information we can and make a plan for what we're going to do next. Then you can go to the ocean. I trust you, I think. <laughs> I blush. <laughs> and if you think we need to check out the goddess and make sure that she's not lying about what she says she knows, then I'll I'll do that because you know where the ocean is and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something. I guess we're going to have a beach episode coming up soon like every anime does. Uh, and in addition to you knowing where the beach is, you're the best friend I've ever had, so... That's totally cool, and I'm... Yeah, you seem cool about it. I'm normal about it. So am I, and neither of us are very shaking right now. So, <laughs> so my point is, I'll go with you guys, and we can keep the goddess with us, but I'm suspicious of her, and I don't think we should discuss anything sensitive in front of her. I agree, until we know for sure what happened. I think we also have to learn more about what happened on the world below, because if... We thought this place didn't exist. We've probably missed out on a lot of history. That's why I want to talk with this guy, Shah. Also, because at some point, we're going to need to learn to communicate with all the people around here. He said that we're speaking Old Common, which is a language nobody understands it except for old scholars. Wait. So, Shah can speak our language, and we left him alone with Corbin. Oh, fuck. And we run back. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, you guys all get back at roughly the same time. And um, so as we come back, I'm screaming, don't listen to anything he says. <laughs> he has the vapors. <laughs> he has the vapors. Sorry we left you with him. He's fucking crazy. He doesn't. This is our friend, Mary. Uh, you guys are assholes. <laughs> what did he say to you? Well, he did turn into a crow. Uh, well, it's the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> The more I hear of Estra, the more curious I become. Uh, I look to my giant grandpa for help. Like, what the fuck should we do? This is not his area of expertise. <laughs> he does not have much good advice for you, but he does come to the center of your little group and he says, Tell this small man that should he trespass on a goddess, I will eat him. Grandpa, I'm not gonna say that. That's crazy. Tell him. I'm not gonna tell him. I turn back to Shaw, who I um, I scream, I scream that she also has the vapors. What's going on? Well, I can't understand the wolf. No, you can't, no, but you, you can tell see. she's talking to the yeah. wolf. Yeah. So, we don't know if we can trust you. I'm just gonna be honest, and I just need to get a sense of, more a sense of who you are. Well, Certainly. Do you do you have questions for me, young lad? If you saw just a bleeding man fall down on the ground in front of you, what would you do? I mean, I'm going to be real with you. Uh, probably walk away. Uh, it seems like, you know, sort of a dangerous situation. Wouldn't necessarily want to be involved in all that. You guys, I think he sounds really reasonable. <laughs> um, so while you guys are having this discussion, there is a commotion from the side of the market where the orc uh, caravan has posted up. Do you want to go see it or you want to ignore it? Oh, yeah, let's go look at it. Uh, you guys run over and it's the white haired orc again. She has her arms spread wide and she's baring her teeth to uh, a group of merchants who are very aggressively speaking with her. And Shaw, you can understand what they're saying. Yay! Yeah, because you actually speak this language. I'm listening. Okay. Shaw, what you understand is happening is these merchants are saying that they want to buy these books from her. Like, they're going to fetch a really high price. They really want to buy these books. And she's saying, no, these are not tools of commerce. These are tools of knowledge. I will not sell these to you. And the other orcs are jumping in. They're pressuring her, saying, like, they're going to pay us a lot of money. Sell these books to these merchants. The rest of you, you don't understand what's going on. Okay. Well, we say, Shaw, what's going on? Yeah. Well, there's a group of customers attempting to purchase those lovely, lovely books. And um, the woman there, you see, who's keeping watch over them doesn't wish to sell, which, of course, I can respect. Although, being a scholar, I mean, I think, you know, if there were, say, a, a buyer on hand who had a reasonable offer that uh, perhaps she could be <laughs> persuaded. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> 
Those books look really nice, you guys. Are, are you looking at the books? Uh, we were familiar with them. Oh, you are? Yeah. Would you introduce me? <laughs> Get to the books. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like I'm not the only one who has a case of the vapors. <laughs> Um, I just gave Corbin just a mean look. <laughs> Excuse me, miss. Uh, could you elaborate for me your reasons for not selling these very nice books? These men want to buy these books from me because they want to sell them to, to kings who will put them in dusty libraries and no one will look at them. These are priceless. They are artifacts of a world we will never see, a world which has died before us. I will not sell these books to men who will never read them. Yeah. yeah, I like. I her. like gulp a little bit. So I'm a little intimidated and impressed. <laughs> roll the pull in love. You better roll, buddy. <laughs> oh no, you're too intimidated. I'm pretty sure I'm book sexual. <laughs> yeah, you ready to fall in love with the books? Roll the yep. fall in love with the books. Roll the fall in right. love with the books. The nineteen. Wow, yeah, wow, <laughs> that tracks. All right. So I I pull on my collar a little bit, wipe a little tear from my eye, and I say. Madame, your reasons for keeping hold of these books could not be more honorable. I'll be that I am a scholar from the University of Madria myself, and were you interested in selling, I could be sure they were acquisitioned to our library, where they could be read and reread by many interested persons. She gives you sort of a once-over, and she looks at the crest on your, your sash, and she nods slowly and then shakes her head. She goes, how, how do I know that they will get there safely? Huh? How do I know that you will not turn around and sell them to the next man who comes along? I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do see your point. Oh, I've switched to old common. How do you guys feel about books? Great. I love books. Mm, normal. Yeah, I'm indifferent. These answers are satisfactory to me. <laughs> you, gods, I could send you with the books to my colleagues in Denmark. It's not very far off. Yes, oh. we are gods, I yes. say, staring into Laika's eyes. Wait I'm a also second. staring into Laika's eyes, and I said, with four gods. No, would happily no do it. four gods. We're going to address that later. <laughs> you lads, <laughs> you are as fresh as the month of May. <laughs> But I digress. You could help me to transport them to the library where they'd be safe. Thoughts? I. Where's the ocean, though? I'm. Well, listen. I. Listen. I have a lot of things to say to everyone. I have some important information. I would like to know where yes. the library is located geographically. I would like to know if it's anywhere close to, like, a large mountain that might or might not be called Torva's Jaw. That is a fair question. <laughs> well, actually, yes, Denmark would be on your way north. All right. It's just by the seaside. Sounds great. It's by the what? Well, the ocean. Denmark, it's right on the Bay of Death. That, it sounds wonderful. <laughs> okay. We need to protect the books, you guys. <laughs> that sounds normal. <laughs> we need to stick together like jam on toast. So I'll go, do <laughs> I'll go with to deliver the books. And... Surely you must want to stop to resupply as well. I have colleagues there who could help you continue your pursuit of knowledge, learning the language of common tongue and all that. And I'm sure these books must have be of some value to you as well, being from your lost culture. Well, it's on the way to Torva's jaw, so I'm cool with it. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm gonna catch you up later. Tell me your secrets, I'll tell you mine. You don't know I have secrets. Well, you guys definitely have secrets, my god, friends, I'm looking forward to hearing about our time on Estra as gods. Uh, so the the orc woman says to you, Shah, what are you saying? What are these people speaking of? Oh, terribly sorry. We're just talking about how we might transport the books safely. These beings that you see before you are incredibly powerful. I know they may not look it, but they I are fierce warriors. I have seen their powers. They have agreed to safely transport the books. I can pay you a great sum if you are willing to accept it. 
she thinks about this for a minute and she looks back at the orcs who are all sort of they're all saying like yes do it get rid of these books we don't have the sled space and she's finally says fine fine the slaviers cannot carry them anyway i will take the books the children will come with me so now I'm, i've got to translate for these nerds right mm-hmm. i have spoken with her and she has agreed to transport the books to my colleagues in Denmark, and you will accompany her as guard i pray that you will take Great care with them. Right. Cool. Can you tell us her name? Oh, uh, of course. Um, Madame, what is your name? My name is Nodona. Nodona, it is a pleasure to meet you. It is so rare to find someone who shares my level of respect for words. Could you ask her about the dog lizards? What do you mean, the dog lizards? The dog lizards. Yeah, those are normal dog lizards. They're monsters. <laughs> I think oh. they're quite beautiful, and I think that's a very cruel thing to say. Oh, no, no, you you misunderstand. Uh, I mean monsters in the sense of classification. We have loads of monsters. Did you guys not have monsters? What? Other than Corbin? Hey! Fred, <laughs> uh, not now! They're called Slaviers. The desert orcs train them. They're quite fearsome, but obey their commands. I want one, all right. <laughs> Good luck with that shit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Shah, I have one last request. Yes? Uh, before we head out, can you help us haggle and translate? We have some equipment we want to get set up before we head out. If you will take care of the texts, I will be happy to. You guys, uh, take some time to buy some supplies. And you guys have some gold, which you find out very quickly you can use to buy a lot of stuff. And if you want more details about what they decided to buy at the Oasis Market, you can listen to our Oasis Market shopping episode, which can be found on our Patreon. Uh, would you guys do a quick rundown of what you bought? Sure thing. Uh, Fran got a bedroll, a magnifying glass, a dice kit, and very fancy clothing. Leica also got very fancy clothing, as well as antitoxin and some new rope. Corbin also got antitoxin, and he got thieves' tools and hide armor. And we all three picked up two first aid kits and rations for the journey. Cool. Uh, so Shaw splits off with the goddess and the wolves to help her make her purchases. With my money. And my money. Yeah, Fran's not pitching in. <laughs> so as you're wandering around the different stalls and buying different things, you eventually get to the end of the market, and you're about to turn around. And then, out of the corner of your eye, you see a stall that you're pretty sure was not there before. You turn and you see a halfling man with beautiful golden ringlets and wearing very fancy clothes that are covered in like golden embroidery and they're dyed bright colors. Oh my god. Uh, and he is standing next to the most beautiful donkey you have ever seen. Uh, She is the soft, like, heather gray with a black mane and flowers in her mane. Oh, my God. Good Lord. And he is standing there with a little table in front of him and several items out in front of it. And he gives you guys a very large, over-dramatic wave and says, Hail, travelers! Hail! Hell. (laughs) Why don't you come and have a look at my wares? Okay, I'm very intimidated. This donkey and this man are so beautiful. I roll to animal handle the donkey. Okay. (laughs) That's a 17. She seems friendly toward you, but no man can truly handle her. Cat, please! (laughs) That is is enough that if you would like to turn into a donkey, you may now turn into a donkey. I'm going to... quickly change into the very fancy clothes that I just bought and then come back and walk up to him very confidently. <laughs> so I'm in a very cool looking okay. tuxedo. He's, uh, so he says to you, wow, smooth costume change there. Have you come to have a look at my beautiful wares? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a different person. <laughs> I'm, I've always been in a tuxedo. Yes, I have come to look at your wares, though. What can I do for you today? I have so many magical items. I should introduce myself. And he he stops and he puts out his hand to you like and he says, My name is Dawson, Dashing Dawson, and this is my deal donkey. And he motions towards his donkey, who gives, uh, she tosses her head and whinnies. Oh, oh my God. Wow. 
So in front of Dashing Dawson at his stand, he has a scimitar, a lance, a spyglass, several red potions, a bag, bracers, a tiara, and a silver collar. And he says, which of my fine items can I interest you in today, fair madam? Uh, thank you, fair gentle sir. Um, <laughs> I want to know about these magic bracers and the magic collar, the magic tiara, and the magic bag. Anything you have that's magic. They're definitely magic. I can tell you that. More details, please. Well, now... That would require a little more knowledge than I have. I am just a humble merchant out buying and selling magical items all throughout this land for anybody who will pay a fair price. You can always find me when there's a deal to be made. Dashing Dawson. That's my (laughs) name. Deals. That's my game. Can I try on these magic bracers? I want to make sure they're right size. Uh, if you put them on, then that is a legally binding contract and you will have purchased them. And you will owe me 800 silver pieces. I will give you 700 for them. I'm afraid I do not bargain, fair I'm going to roll to persuade you. Okay. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a natural 20. All right, he is persuaded, although he looks at you, and he looks you up and down, and he says, Well, now I think I can strike a more interesting deal with you. I'll give you the bracers, whatever. What'd you say, 700? Sure, they're yours. Now, what I'm more interested in, fair madam, is you. Uh, I'm a teenager. Oh, no. (laughs) That's gross. Nothing like that. I'm sorry. I am so very dashing. I know how can old seem are like you? I'm leading you on. That's not important, and it is rude to ask a, a gentleman his age. Mm, not on Estra. Now, where was that again? <laughs> I said, excuse and tide. <laughs> <laughs> now, you may be trying to fool me, and you may have some pretty good wits about you, but let me say, I have been around this block once, twice, maybe three times, and I can tell there is something special about you. And uh, who are those two uh, hanging back there? Are that is that your entourage? I don't know them. I'm uh, a fancy man. Um, I just like grab onto Corbin's arm, and I really <laughs> scared. Corbin nods really menacingly and like crosses his arms and pretends to be like his bodyguard. Fran nods really fast, clearly nervous. <laughs> I I shake my head. I I don't know them. <laughs> well, I can tell that the three of you. You look like the adventuring type. And now I am a man who is always looking for hale and hardy adventurers to go after those artifacts that, well, I may not be equipped to get myself. Now let me guess. The three of you have had a little bit of trouble communicating since you've come to this market, haven't you? Wait, why can we talk to him? What? (laughs) (laughs) It took you long enough to figure it out. (laughs) Uh, yeah. That's true. Now, I know a man who can help. Well, maybe a man is not the right word, but a man-like creature who can definitely help you out. But you'll have to help me first. Nothing for free. That's my motto. What do you say? I just whisper to Corbin, he's speaking in old Estrin. What's going on? I can hear you back there, young lady, and let me explain. I shake my head very quickly. I am. And once he takes a moment and he strikes a pose this time. (laughs) Dashing, Dawson, and I can always speak the language of a deal. Now, doesn't matter where we are, doesn't matter what we're doing, I will always be able to understand you when there's a deal to be made. So, here's my proposition. There are two artifacts out in the world, nearby, fairly, that I just... Well, for several reasons, I can't make the trip to. One of them being I am small and squishy, and there are things there with teeth and claws. <laughs> and I couldn't put dear Delilah in that type of danger. Well, I'm a fancy man, so the reward would have to be very high because my hands are very fancy. Sure you are. Yeah, I can tell by your fancy clothes. They are very fancy clothes. <laughs> well. At a place called Fang Lake, there is an artifact known as the Protector's Blade. And in another place, the Long Castle, 
There are the bracers of the bull. If you three will bring me one of these items, I will tell you the hidden location of the Tower of Wavell. What? Babel? Now, you're from out of town. I'll forgive you. Wavell, the scribe, God, the child of the force of knowledge. He lives in a tower and can grant you any knowledge that you Mm. seek. Such as perhaps the understanding of a language that you don't speak at all and have no way of learning quickly. What was your name again? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) You asked and I will answer because I am Dashing Dawson. Well, it slipped right out of my mind once again. And um, (laughs) that sounds like a place I would be very into. And you said it's secret. It is a secret, but I happen to know the location. Well, How do we know that you really know? I am always a man of my word. Well, you seem like a slick gentleman. That I am. So. I have a question. So I just bought those magic bracers from you, and then you told me about other braces, which also sound magic. So what's the difference between those two bracers? Well, you tell me. What do those bracers do? You put them on. I punch a wall. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Sophia, you feel as you go to punch that wall, you feel just a little bit faster. You feel a little bit more dexterous. And in fact, you feel a plus two dexterous on any dex check that you make. Does this mean that I don't have to take disadvantage in my plate armor? No. Wow, just call me Speed Demon. No. I won't call you that. Corbin, please. We're not going to call you that. Oh, I don't know you guys. I'm a fancy gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Does that, you take it, you buy it, uh, apply to just touching it gently? You can touch it gently, but don't you dare pick it up. Picking it up is a binding contract. (laughs) All right. So I uh, reach out and touch the magic tiara, and I cast Identify. So if it's a magic item or some other magic-imbued object, I can learn its properties. Okay. It looks like it has the spell Protection from Good and Evil. I don't want that. Um... (laughs) Uh, what, is, what was the other one? There's a magic bag and a magic collar. Oh, I touched that magic bag. I cast Identify. It is a bag of holding. How much is it? Well, this fine magic bag of mysterious properties. Well, I will part with this for a mere 700 silver pieces. How about you just part with it because we bring you back that thing? No can do. I've already stated the terms of that deal. Nothing for nothing. He's so shiny when I look at him. Oh, yeah. He is not persuaded. And in fact, uh, I'm going to have you make a wisdom saving throw. That's a 10. Uh, No, you are charmed. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So as you you put your hand on this magic bag and you're trying to convince him, he puts his hand on top of your hand and he says, Now, I think we both know that I'm asking a fair price. So if you're interested in this fine magic bag, I think you would do well to pay the fair market price. So Fran just stares at him and slowly reaches her arm towards her money purse. (laughs) (laughs) And then slowly begins to dole out the coin. (laughs) You will not regret this decision, young lady. You made a great deal today. Dawson says as he's like scooping your money into a bag. I hate this, but I take the bag of holding. I stick all my stuff in there. (laughs) Can I interest you in anything, young man? I'm I'm looking at the collar. A very fine collar. It is somewhat tarnished, but a little bit of elbow grease will polish that baby right up for you. Now, would you like that in a bag? Can I wrap it up in tissue paper for you? Uh, tell me what it does, and I'm gonna roll an intimidation check. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. That's three. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. God, he has... Yeah, oh yeah. No, don't worry. He, uh, he beat you that. And now wow. roll a wisdom check. Okay. That's a natural 20 second Alright. <laughs> You're not charmed by him, but... He's not intimidated. He's not at all intimidated. Darn. I turn into a crow and I and I start pecking at his face. <laughs> no. Uh, he bats you away and says, "Well, I suppose then we are done here. You know the no. terms of our deal." I grab the collar with my claws and I fly away. Uh, <laughs> all right. I say, "I can't believe the criminals around these parts. I didn't know him because I'm a fancy man." And I walk away. Um, <laughs> I just run after Corbin, flying away, screaming, <laughs> "Corbin!" 
You idiot! <laughs> uh, as you guys run away from him, he says, Be sure to come back if you find any of those artifacts I mentioned. I'll always be around when you're looking for a deal. And then when you, like, turn to look back at him, he's gone. <sighs> and Corbin, when you do finally land and turn back into a human and look at your, uh, the spoils that you have. <laughs> oh, shit. This silver collar. You look at it and you're like, wow, this is super cool. But you suddenly realize, like, your, your money bag is a lot lighter. And then you, <laughs> you actually, you open it and it is completely empty. Oh, well, hey, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you lost all of your money, though. That's fine. You know, hey, sometimes you win in life and sometimes you lose. See a god. Probably. I just stole from a god then. <laughs> He's defo a god. So anyway, um, by the time you all finally get back to the goddess, uh, you found that she's bought a dagger and a set of plain leather armor. And she goes to get changed because she's still in her like ceremonial white gown. She has been this whole time. Uh, she's pretty eager to get changed. So she steps off to get changed and she doesn't come back for a while. Um, and at first you're getting kind of suspicious about it. But then she steps out and she's changed into this simple traveling gear uh, with light leather armor on it. And she shaved her head. Oh, my God. Oh, badass. Damn. And she signs to you guys. I don't need to impress anyone anymore. I don't need to be their goddess. This is better. This will be better. interlude uh we have a lot of ground to cover this week so let's just get straight into it first of all i would love to thank the itunes reviewers from the past couple of weeks that goes out to celestial 8227 john john pops one two three four five six seven eight nine and North Shore DM. It seriously makes a difference when you guys leave iTunes reviews. Actually, if we get um, quite a few iTunes reviews, and by that I mean like like six in a short period of time, we actually usually get on the charts for the games and hobbies, and we get a huge boost in downloads. So you may think it's inconsequential when you're leaving those reviews, but it's really, really not. It has a huge influence, and not just on my self-esteem. I also want to thank our beautiful new Patreon donor, whose beautiful name is Beautiful Rob. Thank you, Rob. You've done it, Rob. If you are thinking about donating to our Patreon, I would really encourage you to do so. We have some really, really good uh, deleted scenes coming up, and you can get those for a dollar a month. You get early episode releases for $3 a month, as well as upcoming bonus episodes. Um, another reason that we would encourage you to check out the Patreon is anybody who donates to our Patreon right now in any amount gets entered into our giveaway to get their own character that they create with Kat into Arc 3, which I think is really cool. And you also get a handmade dice bag made by Kat and some dice cards, some other stuff. There's also runners-up prizes, so if you check any of our social media, you'll see more details about that. And just how else can they enter that giveaway, Caitlin? Well, you have to get a friend, and you have to sit them down in a chair and strap their ankles and arms to the to the arms and the legs of the chair, and you have to force them to listen to Dames and Dragons, and then you have to have them contact us and say, hey, my friend kidnapped me, and I called the police, and I'm shutting <laughs> your podcast down. Yes, that, that will do. Step one is get a friend, which is why I haven't entered personally. <laughs> I also want to thank our fan artists for this past couple of weeks. Uh, if you want to check them out, go to www.thamesanddragons.com slash fan art and you will not be disappointed there's some really awesome stuff there by such geniuses as john cadenhead as twitchy richie this belongs to nobody's and unknown with many x's therein 
We also want to thank John for being in touch with us this last couple of weeks and being really awesome and liking my SoundCloud page, <laughs> which was very kind of him. He also runs a 5e podcast called d and so I would encourage you to check that out too. And for another D&D-related podcast you should check out, here's a word from James Intercasso. I'm James Intercasso, and I love tabletop role-playing games. I've got a new podcast called Tabletop Babble that talks RPG advice, interviews, reviews, and news with some of the top names in the industry. The conversation is casual, just like it would be if we were hanging out at a convention or local friendly game store. Get a new episode each week at don'tsplitthepodcastnetwork.com or wherever podcasts are available for free. And if you want to check out a Don't Split the Podcast Network broadcast that one of our very own dames is in, I, this week, was in a live play of the game Murders and Acquisitions, which was GM'd by the creator of the game, Craig Campbell. Um, I played with three of the ladies from the Venture Maidens podcast, as well as Rudy Basso, who's one of the owners of Don't Split the Podcast Network, and is on the, the podcast Games O'Clock, as well as Have Spellbook, Will Travel. It was a super fun time. I played a creepy old lady named Elreen. So I encourage you guys to check that out at twitch.tv slash don't split the podcast. It'll also be coming out as an audio podcast on DSPN Presents. So our podcast today is brought to you by Warby Parker. They provide vintage-inspired prescription eyeglasses from $95. I will say uh, all members of Dames and Dragons are glasses wearers, excluding Kat, who sold her soul to the devil to keep her eyesight. But you do not need to sell your soul to the devil, sweet listeners, because for you, Warby Parker is offering a free, that's zero dollars, five-day home try-on to give you the opportunity to check out their glasses. Uh, you can keep those frames for five days, and then you can send them back using a prepaid returning shipping label with no obligation to buy any of them. Uh, it is Warby Parker's belief that glasses should be viewed as a fashion accessory and not cost as much as an iPhone. Like, these are fashionable and beautiful, and Kat is probably very jealous right now that she has no soul and no fashionable eyeglasses. Furthermore, for every pair of glasses sold, they distribute a pair of glasses to someone in need. Also, if you're a fan of Jack Kerouac, you will be interested to know that they named their company after two characters, one of whom's first name was Warby and one of whom's last name was Parker. So if you're a fan of Jack Kerouac and you don't buy Warby Parker glasses, Jack Kerouac will come back from the grave to haunt you. Disclaimer, I don't know if Jack Kerouac is dead. Disclaimer, ghosts may or may not be real. But, you know, to quell any restless spirits that may be interested, get your home try-on today by going to warbyparkertrial.com slash DSPN. Again, that is warbyparkertrial.com slash DSPN for your free five-day home try-on. Um, and today's message to Chantal is J rhymes with way, rhymes with nay. The sleeper agent is active. Go. Well, it's been a great pleasure meeting you, godlings. But I'm afraid I really must hurry off and purchase those goblin texts. Uh, I suppose I should teach you before I leave. Uh, if you are looking for the professors from Madria, uh, you can say, I'm looking for the professors. That's me. I'm like, professor. From Madria. Do you understand? I'm cooking for the messers and for, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's been, it's been good. I haven't, I don't know you at all, so good riddance. Thank you. <laughs> That's so rude, Fran. It's been very lovely to meet you. And I'll put a good word in for the other gods up in the godly heaven for you. It's a great honor. Yes. <laughs>
I'm sure. Is Shaw shorter than me? Probably. I give yeah. uh, Shaw a giant hug, and I, like, pick him up, and I spin him around. Oh, you give him a buddy, buddy approved. Yeah, and I say, Shaw, you really saved our little butts, and thanks for all your help. You're my best friend. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was your best friend. Gingy's my best friend, but you're on the list. Well, uh, Fran stares at Laika. <laughs> you're in my group of all my friends who are the best. Thank you. It was a great honor to meet you, godlings. If if you're ever, you know, near Madria, stop in. Check out the library. If you do come by, uh, you know, maybe we could just all sit and read quietly. That would be great. <laughs> anyway. That sounds amazing. Maybe I can chew on some of those books. Sounds good. Please like, uh... never talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, you guys, you wave, you give some some good orc orc approved hugs, uh, and Shaw heads off to find those goblin texts that he was after, and then maybe uh, hitch a ride into the desert to go look at some ruins, and uh, who knows what happens to him after that. So uh, as Shaw leaves, and you guys go back to the orc caravan to uh, to get ready to go, you see that. The body of Luel is being taken down from the sled where, where it was being carried. And Dokela, uh, she motions you over. And you see that they've built a pyre behind their camp where they're placing the body. Not very many orcs have gathered around, but there are a few. Um, Nodona, she's come over from, from the book sled um, and is standing with her, her head down and her hands clasped in front of her. And there are a few others who have assumed very similar poses. And Nodrig is holding a, a torch and standing next to the pyre. And uh, Dokela makes a, a hand motion towards you guys. She sort of rolls her wrist towards her mouth. Um, and she says something and then beckons to the pyre. It seems like she's asking if you guys want to say a few words. Okay. Um. So, first of all, I guess we would tell Laika like who this is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um. She was a receptionist. Fran says, and then steps back. <laughs> <laughs> I had a unfortunate nickname for her. I don't know that this is really the time, Laika. No, I, I know. I'm trying to say. Laika. I'm sorry. Laika. <laughs> Let her finish, friend. <laughs> she seemed like a wonderful person dedicated to books, and she she's good. She seemed okay. She was kind of uptight, I think. I don't remember, like, anything about her. If you speak ill of the dead, the ghosts of a thousand ghosts will haunt you forever. <laughs> the ghosts of the ghosts? I'm being honest. <laughs> um, so then we step back from the pyre. Okay. So and Fran hits Corbin in the head. <laughs> oh. Alright, so you step back from the pyre and... They they wait for a second to make sure that you're you're done because they can't understand what you're saying. They don't really even know if you're saying anything of of importance, but they seem to have assumed so. Yeah, and they'd be wrong. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so once you guys have finished, uh, Nodrig sets the pyre alight, and uh, everyone stands in silent vigil as the uh, body is burned. So you guys go over to uh, Nodrig and Tokela. And uh, Nodrig, he does that, the, the orc sign of, of friendship or thanks or something, but he grabs you, Fran, and you, Corbin, he grabs each of you by the back of the head real roughly and puts his forehead gently against yours. Uh, Fran throws her arms around him. Aww. Corbin headbutts him. <laughs> uh, he actually, he seems to very much respect that. Nice. Fran does not let go, despite the fact that he's been headbutted. And she says... Not Rick. I didn't know you very well, but I know that your name is not Rick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once once uh, you guys say goodbye to Nodrig, Dokela comes up, and she does a much gentler version of the motion. She gently takes the back of your head and touches her forehead to yours. Um, and she says something to you, and it's very sweet and soft, but you have no idea. She could have been cussing you out. You don't know. I'm going to make a minor illusion of Fran, Corbin, and Dokela 
but like as if it was drawn by like a five-year-old child, <laughs> even though Fran could clearly do it like much better than that. The Kella seems delighted by this. And the few orcs that had gathered, they don't wait very long before they start to scatter. But Nodona, she stays where she is with her head down and her hands folded in front of her. So it seems like you guys have a few minutes. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to do before leaving the Oasis? I need to go, like, meditate in the Oasis. Oh. Also, I want to know what my collar that I just stole and lost all my money for does. Uh, that's a great question. Also, I would like to have a brief conversation with the goddess. Sure thing. I run to the Oasis and just dive in and go sit at the bottom. All right, for five minutes. <laughs> for five whole minutes. <laughs> I try to do the same thing, and then I can't because I can't breathe. <laughs> uh, the goddess thinks that is pretty funny. Fran also thinks it's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> um, so the goddess, she sits on the shore of the oasis while Fran is meditating. Um, Zarun has kind of taken up a position next to her. He is just staying by her side now. And you said you wanted to have a conversation with her, Laika? Hey, there's something that's been bothering me that I wanted to ask you. The goddess before you died when she was giving birth. But what would happen if she hadn't died? The goddess pauses and then... She takes a deep breath and writes with her uh, light finger. I don't know exactly, she says. They wouldn't tell me. And I don't remember what's supposed to happen, but I don't think the vessel or my last body survives ever. I, I, a vessel, if it doesn't have the god's spirit in it, it can't contain the power so i don't think any of them survive are they killed i don't know so when you leave your body like you would become like the vessel vioni that became empty i suppose cool i walk away <laughs> <laughs> the goddess looks visibly shaken by this conversation i Give her a thumbs up and pretend everything's fine and I show her my tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> she likes your tuxedo, but is still somewhat worried now. I just find that disturbing and I think there's probably more we don't know that we will have to find out about. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that report from Like a Central. Corbin, what are you doing with your f last five minutes at the Oasis? Uh, Corbin is uh, still fiddling with his collar and waiting. So you put it on and you don't really feel like anything super different. And then in about, you know, at, at the five minute mark, when Fran emerges from the water with, in a <laughs> glorious like shower of, of uh, droplets mm -hmm. and you stand up uh, startled by this and you feel suddenly like you could just run and you could just get out of there. And then that feeling subsides. Okay. <laughs> what you have is one unreplenishable charge of the spell Expeditious Retreat. Oh, God. It was a 1d4 unreplenishable I'm gonna, charge. I'm going to kill that god when I see him again. <laughs> that merchant god is dead. You stole from him. Yeah, okay, this is an overpriced. One thing, and it was 800. No. Hey, now you have a cool accessory. I throw it on the ground, but I do pick it back up and put it on because <laughs> it is a cool accessory. <laughs> All right, so Nadona beckons you all to the sled and settles you in, straps your goggles on. She, you know, takes a little bit of time, Laika, with you and your horns, kind of trying to figure out how to how to put them on best so that they'll be a nice fit around your eyes. I make it really difficult because I'm, like, moving my head around while she's trying to do it. <laughs> she gets very frustrated. I stop. <laughs> and then I do it again. And then I stop. Uh, she positions you on the back of the sled along with the goddess, Zerun, and Jinji. Um, you're all kind of curled up in, like, she's arranged the books in sort of a half circle shape, so you have a shelter out of the wind uh, mm -hmm. behind where she is sitting in the driver's seat. And she gets herself settled in the driver's seat, snaps the reins, and the slaviers are off. So you head off into the desert, out across the sands and over the dunes, and it's probably at this point a little after midday, and it's hot, and it's dusty, but it's like a, this is a vast improvement from trudging across the dunes in your heavy plate mail. Gingy and I have like our heads out, 
and we're <laughs> like dogs in a car. Is Zeroon doesn't? Zeroon is, he's a chill old man. He's just enjoying himself. Yeah, he's just chill with the goddess. The goddess is petting him. She's uh, scratching him behind the ears. Hey, friends. I've got some news. Okay. So, I had a spirit vision. Uh, okay. From Fioni. What? <laughs> so, is the goddess listening too? She is. And uh, when you say Vioni, she perks up and leans forward a bit. Yeah. So she seemed, I don't know, she seemed like, I have mixed feelings. She seemed kind of cool. <laughs> but she did make me brutally murder a bird. All right. So I didn't like that. Just taking Corbin's judgment with a grain of salt <laughs> right now. Well, basically, though, Torva is tracking our every movement because of the goddess's like divine presence. Why did it take you so long to tell us this? <laughs> I was working up to it. <laughs> By doing what? Tell it. I just wanted. I, she made me kill a bird. <laughs> That was hard for me. The goddess puts a hand on your knee and she uh, signs to you, thank you for your courage. I, one tear rolls down Corbin's <laughs> face, but he holds it together. <laughs> All right, so that's that's kind of the situation. Also, though, there's this magical item, I guess, at this place that's called, like, Torva's, like, paw or Torva's maw. Oh, my God. Like... <laughs> of us something like call but we're, but we're going to drop the books off yeah well and it's what? on the way i think anyways the point is that's kind of an issue that we should deal with uh <laughs> what does uh this magical item do well it's a cloak um it masks like her beauty from tova's giant eye and she just gave you this information for free Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. Uh, Vioni also wants her vessel back. Vessel back, vessel back. (laughs) (laughs) So, wait, we're going to give her vessel back and everything's just going to be cool because she seemed cool? Like, I'm all for getting the cloak, but I don't know about helping Vioni. Well, okay, here's here's the lowdown on Vioni from... First person perspective. All right, from an unbiased source, I'm sure. Hey, I'm going to be unbiased. I don't trust her at all, but it did sound like she basically was a prisoner in her own body a lot. So, I don't know. That seems like it sucks. I get it. If Torva's tracking the goddess, what choice do we have? Either we dump her, which... Uh, or we... Oh, wait We're not gonna... We're not gonna do that. Yeah, what was that gesture that you just made, friend? That weird, rude gesture with your head and your shoulders... I shrugged. Like you were like you were into dumping the goddess. <laughs> I didn't say anything because um, I know the goddess is listening. <laughs> and um, I'm just saying either our option is to dump her or we get this cloak somehow or we die by Torva's hand. So we have to get it at some point. Whether we need to give Vioni her vessel back. I guess we'll have to see if we can get the cloak back without her help. And if we have to stop in Danmar anyway, then maybe we can get our bearings for the geography so we can get one of the relics that that guy that Corbin tried to steal from. <laughs> I forget his name, but <laughs> I think it was Darson. Oh, right, right. Darson, I remember. It was Damien. It was Dirthma. On the wind, you all hear, it's Dashing Dawson. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> it's Darth Maul. Shut up, wind. <laughs> anyway, uh, it'd be nice to know the language of this world before Torva figures out that he can trap us in, like, a language-based trap. So, about... It's late afternoon when, in the distance, you all spot a huge rib cage and the skull of a downed dragon out in the desert. What? And... The Slaviers start to get really antsy, and they start making these, uh, they sound actually like, uh, like zebras. That sort of whoop, 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 I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> so the Slaviers are, they're starting to get antsy, and, uh, Nodona is struggling a little bit to keep them on course as they start to veer wildly toward the bones, and then she steers them away. And... 
As you begin to draw closer, the ground starts shaking violently. And the Slaviers are beginning to get very panicked. And first, one huge skeletal claw emerges from the sand. And then the second. And then the dragon's skeletal head lifts from the sands and it lets out an ear-splitting shriek. creek nearby you guys <laughs> oh dawson's creek, dawson's creek. <laughs> hey you guys you guys you know who my favorite character from dawson's creek is the donkey uh no uh my favorite character was hanawana do you guys remember this i've never seen dawson's no, creek uh, you don't know hanawana no. hanawana is the one who's always waiting for the, all the other ones to die no, I've you know, I literally don't you know, know anything it's like, about. I mean, Dawson's Creek. you don't even know the song. No, I don't no. want to wait oh. for our lives to be over. <laughs> okay, all right, that was a, a really long setup for that joke. <laughs> anyway, Caitlin's shell shock. Like I'm not into it. <laughs> Bad joke. Bring back, bring back the '69 jokes. <laughs> oh, they never left. Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from the website Sly Flourish and author of the books The Lazy Dungeon Master and Sly Flourish's Fantastic Locations. I'm going to be hosting a brand new show on the Don't Split the Podcast Network called The DM's Deep Dive. Each month, I'll be talking to a member of the D&D community about a particular topic of the game like encounter design, tools for improvisation, and game pacing. You can subscribe to the show through iTunes, on Twitch, or on YouTube. Join me and we'll all work together to make our games fantastic.